1: Welcome to Andy Staples on 3. Happy Wednesday. That's right. It's the day we make our picks. The biggest games of the week. There's some big ones too. USC, Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon. Very special guest picker, T-Bob Aber, former LSU center, current radio, podcast, television, you name it, host. Love when the offensive lineman hit it big. But first, we have an absolute treat. One of the best and funniest players in America, Terrion Arnold, Alabama cornerback. You saw him last week going viral talking about getting chewed out by Nick Saban. That barely scratches the surface. This dude is hilarious, and he is happy to explain to you everything that is going on in the field, including all the trash talk. So as Alabama prepares to face Arkansas this weekend, we sit down. With Terry on Arnold. Terry, and you've become the guy, the, the go to guy to talk about Alabama football. Like, how much trust is required to be that guy? Because I know if you say sort of the wrong thing, that you don't do any more interviews.
2: No, um, you don't do no more. You, I would but, say,
1: but you've gotten away with a lot.
2: I have. I would say, like, just from talking to Josh, talking to Alex kind of go up there and I kind of take a saving approach, like from doing interviews now to having to do other interviews. Like you got to think about it as an interviewer and as a person who's recording there or fans who's watching it, they don't want to hear you get up there and just say the typical thing. Like, man, you know, we had a good game. Uh I was able to go out there and execute. We were able to make plays. We work on this. No, they want you to talk about the game, talk about in detail, walk them through, make them feel like they were there. And I uh, just a person kind of growing up, my, my granddad, he was kind of like a – I said he was kind of like he did. But now my granddad kind of like a storyteller. Yeah. And I've always been one of those guys, like, you you know, when you go to family reunions or you around your friends and stuff, when you hear stories about people, it make you exciting. And, like, my teammates always say, man, yeah, Tyrion, you're going to be the guy. Or, when they make a documentary or they or they make something on this team, Yeah, you definitely going to be the guy who they're following around. So.
1: Oh, exactly. So was, you, was your grandfather the guy at any family gathering, like – Everybody would just be gathered around him, oh,
2: listening. Man, like my granddad, it would be him. He obviously he had blessed the food, and then when it just came to like stories, it, it would actually be his brother, my uncle Andre. My Uncle Andre, like you know how it is at family functions, man. People they drinking and stuff. When they hey, when he kind of get that drink in them, did you not, man? Ne- next thing you know, he get the man. Your granddad was this. I remember this. I remember this, and it just be like I, I was the type of person. I'd be like, yeah, tell me more, like. I'm 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 intrigued to hear it. Like I'm one of those people. So like when people my granddad always told me just uh kind of like how I say in the Bible, be quick to listen and slow to speak. So I mean, the reason why I'm able to tell or I think it's sell during the media is because I listen a lot and really observe a lot.
1: Well, and and you do take us behind the curtain a little bit, but you don't give away anything that's a state yeah. secret. Like like when you okay, so you go you went viral last week for talking about getting yelled at by Coach Saban. Yes, sir. But you didn't say,
2: I'm, I'm very careful not to
1: say what, what he said. I, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. But that is an experience because like we all see it on TV and we just wonder like, what is that like when you are that guy? Like when, when in that moment, did you have any like, do you even think that, oh, my God, millions of people are watching me get chewed out by this man? or, Or is it I just need to time up the blitz on the motion better?
2: No clue. It was literally just, I need to time up the blitz on the motion better because I'm thinking about it in my head. Obviously, it's a game going on while it's a game being played. If I time up that blitz on the motion, I get the sack. we get off the field on third down. They don't keep driving. They don't get a field goal. So just thinking about things like that, playing the game inside your head, and honestly, like, it, it comes in practice. Like, most people don't understand, like, Coach Saban, like, he is a character. Like, the guy is funny. Like, he's a funny guy. So, like, I mean, people would look at it like, oh, he was getting chewed out. He was getting yelled at. 9 out of 10 in practice, he would chew you out, he would yell at you, then he would make a joke out of it. So, I mean, like I said, you should be worried when he's not saying something to you.
1: We'll be right back with more from Terry on Arnold. But first, a word from Bird Dogs. That's right. Bird Dogs is the place for shorts, pants, joggers that help you live a life of maximum efficiency. That's right. Fart Garfunkel's, Dorito Corleone's, That's right, the underwear is built right in and it feels like it was made just for you. It also feels like you're going commando in any situation. I've got the Steven Jobs. Those are pants that look better than any pair of chinos that I own. And oh yeah, that liner's built right in. So I'm in a professional work setting and nobody even realizes I'm going commando. That's an advantage for me. It's not just the pants, though. Bird Dog's now taking care of your torso as well. Got the Fidel Bass Pro polo on right now. They make you look good. They make you feel good. And they make you live a life of maximum efficiency. BirdDogs.com slash staples. That promo code gets you a a free Hydroflash-style bottle with your first order. BirdDogs.com slash staples. Load up shorts for the bar, for the restaurant. Pants for work, workout shorts, polos. They got it all. Birddogs.com, promo code staples. Well, you're you're a corner, so you get the full Nick Saban experience. Because I've always said, you know, people people say, you know, the, the DB's coach at Alabama is really Nick Saban. But I always feel like watching you guys practice, he's more like the GA who works with the DBs.
2: Oh, he like works. he's throwing
1: oh. you interceptions and
2: well, he don't throw no more because, I mean, he had shoulder surgery. So That's true. he don't really throw. But uh, as far as watching it, like, I mean, yesterday, going out our breaks. Come on, three. Get out the break. Get out the break, three. <laughs> All right. It'll be like, uh, like people would say, um, punt, like during punt, when we do that period, Kool-Aid is the punt returner. So they'll be down there. I don't know what they'd be talking about, but he'd just be down to, I mean, laughing it up, laughing <laughs> it up. And then Kool-Aid will be like, Oh, uh, man, coach, they're, they're your son, man. What you gonna do with your son? I tell Kool Aid, like man, uh, go go to your dad, man. You know, you know, Coach <laughs> saving your dad. And, Like when we make those kind of jokes with him, because obviously, like they said before we came, it was Pat Sertan. Before mm-hmm. him, it was Minka, and just having that type of relationship with him, I, I feel like he he kind of does look at himself like that. I won't say like a father, but like a godfather kind. Of. Minka's teammates would say that
1: that they their personalities were exactly alike. Like both of them are kind of obsessive. Like. Uh, I I wish I could remember it was one of the D linemen was explaining that like we had a we were doing interviews and people had their cell phones on the table to to record. And he's like, he took it and made it like slightly off center. And he's like, if you had this in front of Minka or Coach Saban, they would fix it for you. Like they would make it look perfect. Like, are are you in Kool-Aid like him,
2: or is it not necessarily? I'm glad you asked that question. I can explain it to you. The one who was like Coach Saban the most as far as being a perfectionist, as far as not laughing, very, very serious, Caleb Downs. Okay. Now, the people who get Coach Saving going, bring out the personality in them, me and Kool-Aid. Like before game, when it comes time before a game, because Caleb is my roommate. So, that's my Lank brother right there. There you there.
1: go. <laughs> Lank, baby. Oh, we, we're going to talk about Lank, too. We have a lot – I have Lank questions, so.
2: Yeah, but, but – so, so that right there, uh, and J-Mill too, speaking about J-Mill, like J-Mill, he bring it out of Coach Saban too. And uh, obviously we started the length thing in practice. Like I, I told him yesterday in practice, I'm, I'm here to link you, boy. And after, you know, he, he completed it. He, he completed the best. He completed him like that. So, but back to what I was saying, like Coach Saban, the uh, one who is most like him and similar to him would definitely be Caleb Downs. Kool-Aid and I, we bring the personality out of him. Malachi, he's kind of like, Malachi is the leader of the group. Like, Malachi don't get too high. He don't get too low. He just chill. Like, almost like the person who, the chaperone. Like, he'll just be like, what are these guys doing? Like, he just chill. So, you, you know you have to worry if Malachi gets upset or. Exactly. And, and Malachi, like, it would say, practice Malachi versus game day Malachi, whole different person. I kid you not. Before the game, we coming out there. As we're walking out, uh, Anias was actually stretching. He's stretching. Malachi walked bomb. him. Mm we going to see what you want. We're going to see what Koseban want. We're going to find out what Koseban want tonight. First play of the game, man, Malachi blocking. We're going to see what he want. I'm like, man. I'm like, just give me the call, man. You can do all that. Give me the call. So, I mean, when I say, like, a guy who literally gets people going, like, Malachi has grown as far as leadership and maturity, and I wish people really knew. How great of a job he's done. Like, you can honestly say when you come here and you show up, as far as being a leader, like you can't have any bad days. People gonna point the finger at you. Cause I know, like, sometimes he'll tell me, like, man, T, hurry up, man, jog to the ball. Next play, he don't job to the ball. I'm, hey Kyle, you just told me you to jaw to the ball. You talking about me. So I mean, just as far as that and that approach, I like, mean, he's done a great job, believe man. Like the so guy cool. is a true professional. So
1: we do need to talk about the Lank brothers, because Jalen Milrow mm-hmm. and you, Lank brothers, whether they say that- or no. Let the naysayers know. So then when did y'all come up with that?
2: Came up with it last year during the locker room. We were just sitting around. We were talking. We was like, man, we need something that, that's going to get us going. Kind of like that. That is just keep us going. Obviously, Bryce was the quarterback then. And Bryce, very, very humble, nonchalant. And just as far as never too high, never too low. J-Mill, total opposite. J-Mill in the locker room, center of attention, in their uh player meetings he gonna get up he gonna talk say what's on his mind so just as far as that being like we when we came up with Lank, it was like man we gotta really go out here and let these naysayers know because they, no, they doubt on us and then it really came into play obviously when we didn't make the national championship last year and just hearing all the outside noise going into this year like we really started to put it together like and started well, to really embrace it
1: and and it, it it's real it's it's genuine because like some of your predecessors at Alabama in you know like 2016, 17, that era, they'd be like, nobody respects us, and and I'd be sitting there doing the interview, like literally everyone respects you. Man, we please picked please you please. number one, but but this year, it wasn't like that. You, no, you were not not picked to win the SEC and not so you're dealing with all that stuff. It's real. Now, Man, did yeah. you did you ever hit Coach Saban with a link? Has, has, has have you hit him with that at practice? Have you explained See. it to? Him?
2: No, I haven't got a chance to explain it to him yet. But as far as like we'll be doing, we could be doing like a drill. I could get an interception or something. Lank coach, Lank. And he would just look at me like, huh? <laughs> I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't got a chance to actually explain it to him. Obviously, I'm waiting. That day going to come. And when I explain it to him, he'll probably be like, mm. okay, three. Well, he's okay. got a four-letter word that that he likes
1: a lot, and that's D's. Has he hit oh. you with one of those?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, and he gave he me one of those yesterday.
1: <laughs> so so it's to, Taryn. You like Wendy's? Yeah. How about D's? Yeah, exactly. So it, it is. A, so Marlon Humphrey is apparently to blame for for that. For that yeah, right he here? introduced it, and and all of and and Coach Saban's like, oh, I didn't do this easy. in elementary school, but yeah, but I will Marley. embrace it now. So. So yeah, you you have to hit him with lank and then you you can have a lank off and a D's off and be good to go.
2: <laughs> a D's off.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean you if he's gonna hit you guys with that so often, you do need to have to You gotta you know, have a combat. Well, or you gotta be able to set him up when he least expects it for once. Yes, because yes. he'll appreciate it.
2: Yeah.
1: A D's nuts guy appreciates when someone gets him. What he? Yeah, you're right about that. You're so right about that. I probably should ask you at least one football question. I know uh, you, we were talking about Malachi before. He's, he's you know, we saw him get hurt in the, in the A&M game. Not asking you to break any news, but you have to prepare at corner and star anyway every every week. What is that like juggling both of those? I would say
2: um, T-Rob did a very great job preparing me during the offseason, obviously creating, like, position versatility. It's not really something as far as it's a struggle. Because think about it. When you play corner, a guy takes a reduced split. You're playing off, playing off, man. Only thing that is you have to over-communicate. Obviously, you're an apex player. You're in the run game more. And um, I played safety in high school. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, like I was telling Malachi, I was like, y'all going to see. Y'all, y'all going to see. Because uh, like Brian Branch, as physical as he was, you know, B.B. had those hits where it was like, uh Lee. I told Malachi, I was like, you're going to see before this year over. I said, and, and when I do it, I'm going to look at you. I said, I'm going to look at you. Just as far as the preparation and going into that, it's, I would say it's easy because who I'm going against in practice, going against guys like Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, Jermaine Burton, Malik, Ja'Cory. So they they do a very great job preparing us. And honestly, I would say uh, when we do like competition and stuff, like T-Rob says, it doesn't matter how tired you are. It's not like fall camp where you get to go against the offense all the time. These reps are very, very important. And we go out there, and like I said, during the game, how we trash talk, we go out there, hey, man, you know, put 20 on this rep, right? You catch this ball right here, I'll buy you lunch. (laughs) <laughs> and, and different things like that. Like, it just gets you going in practice. When, when you're talking to those
1: guys in the game, cause I heard you talking about that in an interview earlier. And and you said sometimes it's not really even trash talk that you're just no, perfect example. To I, was,
2: I was going to Evan Stewart. I was going to Evan Stewart first play of the game. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's son plays high school football with my brother. He's the kicker. So yeah. we literally, I literally saw Jimbo uh, during the summertime when he came out there to visit his son. And we were just out there. We were talking and stuff. I said, um, you know, when we play out, oh, man, it's going to be a good one. Atmosphere going to be crazy. And um, his son right there, he was like, yeah, you're going to see. I'm going to be right there with my big fish chain on, and I'm going to be looking at you talking. I'm going to be talking. Literally, when I went out there, first play, I looked at the sidelines. Ethan right there, he was like, what's up? What's up? So then I looked, and uh, Evan, as Evan was jogging on the field, he smiled at me. So then as he smiled, I looked at Evan. I was like, it's going to be a long day today, E." Gonna be a long day today. Then he looked back at me, he was like, It's gonna be a long day today for you, so <laughs> just just those kind of things. And um, actually, I was, when I was playing Guard the Nias, nice, I thought he was gonna obviously like set the tone. I'm waiting for him to say something off the rip, never said nothing. And we got into like a pushing and shoving match on the block. He like, I'm coming, I'm coming, and then we lined up. This was like, a, I think a second down when I lined up in the slot. I'm playing the six yards, I'm a man to man. As I'm a man to man, I'm looking, I'm like. I'm in mean, man to man. It's you versus me. And then, like you could tell, he got when he got the false start penalty. When he jumped, I said, "You scared. You scared. <laughs> you're scared." Like I was like, "You scared." So just like those little subliminal messages. And then even on the chop ball, like when he beat me on the chop, I thought I made the play before I before I celebrated when he caught right there. I said, "Oh, you almost had it. Gotta be quicker than that." So, <laughs> so like when you that.
1: say when you say I'm in man, do you ever do that when you're actually? When you guys are disguising something, and you're gonna be you're gonna wind up in zone, like just a mess oh, with of their course. head. Come on, man! Like, yeah. You gotta play the game,
2: like me. Like Kool Aid is notorious for doing. it. Like we we'll align up, but it'll be a little tight, little split or something like that. Man, shoot, man, I got you right now. It's you versus me. Man, we could be in cover two. <laughs> like that. Like you gotta play the subliminal mind game with the guys, because obviously, think about it. When you in man to man and they know you in man to man, then it could be problems. Like you don't worry about what the receiver then you worry about what that offensive coordinator up there seeing, because they see every breath.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, speaking of offense, I got to ask. I saw your interception against Ole Miss. I saw the spin move. Do you ever talk to Coach Saban? Do you ever show him what Travis Hunter does at Colorado
2: and be like, listen? Man, I told him that. It's, it's crazy you said it. I literally told him uh, Kendrick Law when he got hurt, um, not got, got hurt, but when he was out versus the USF game. I'm, I'm the backup on kickoff return. I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to maximize my opportunity. If they kick this ball to me. I'm bringing the ball out. I had told everybody that. So when I lined up back there, everybody that stood up, they like, oh, he's great to bring it out. Man, I went like this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when I seen him running down, I looked at Ja'Cory. I thought, oh, man, I ain't bringing it out. So then I told him, I said, if they kick this ball to me, I said, no matter what, I said, I'm bringing this out for real. I'm bringing this out for real. And I said, I'm ready to make the play. I'm, I'm ready to make a big play in the game. T-Rob looked at me right before he said, Go crib it! I'm, I'm geared right to. It. So then we break it down. We break it down on uh, like pack because we were packed together in a special team. I said we ain't breaking it down on that. We breaking it down on score. I said score on three. One, two, three, score. So we run out there. We t- we actually caught return right. And I kind of feel like me playing offense, going to a smaller school in high school. I just resolved it back to my way. We, we ran we ran return right. I seen the opening. I I ran return left. <laughs> Just things like that. Like I tell Jose say when I was like, man, coach, I feel like I'm the most dynamic player on the team with the ball in my hands. It would be honest, but you got to think about how he how he sees it. He's a defensive specialist. And mm-hmm. as they would say, you got a lot of guys who are six foot one, six foot two, 190 pounds who can play receiver. You don't have many guys who can line up and stop those kind of guys. So
1: well, and and there's a lot of NFL GMs that would would say the same thing. Yes, we, uh, we, we've all seen the salary scale. So
2: and you like Ter- about
1: that. Terry, and I, thank you so much. We got to have you back because I, I, I want you telling stories all day. That yes, is, is the best. Terry, thank you so much. Appreciate it. That is Terry Arnold, who has a great future in any documentary about Alabama football. He's going to work in television if he wants to, but he's going to have a while because he's one of the best corners in the country right now. He's going to be one of the best corners in the NFL when he gets there. Just a delight. And hopefully we'll be having him back on throughout the season because he is a ton of fun right now.
0: You ready?
2: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall
1: Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! We got to get to our picks, though. Willie, we'll be picking that Alabama Arkansas game. All these lines are brought to you by FanDuel. That's right. FanDuel.com slash Staples is where you go to sign up. And when you do your first $5 in bets you place, so you get $200 in guaranteed bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Staples. It is America's best sports book. They got lines on everything. If they're playing it, if it's got a ball, if it's got a racket, if it's a race, FanDuel. We'll let you put action on it. And there's a ton of really interesting college football lines this weekend. We talked about them on Sunday. We're about to really break them down, see where we like the spreads, the totals. Of course, we're picking the Iowa total. We pick the Iowa total every week. But this time, we're picking that Iowa point spread as well. They're at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite with a 36 total. So, fanduel.com slash staples. $5 $5 in bets gets you $200 in guaranteed bonus bets. Let's get playing because there's a lot of action this weekend. So sign up now. FanDuel.com slash Staples. We are joined now by T-Bob Abair. You can hear him on 104.5 FM in Baton Rouge ESPN Radio. Also... On the Snaps Podcast with our pal Aaron Murray, the former Georgia quarterback, going live Uh every day on YouTube now.
0: And uh, Andy, there is, uh, because I am the SEC town bicycle, and everybody gets a ride, um, on Stadium, me and AJ McCarron now do a daily show, uh, 1 30 to 2 p.m. So you can find that on YouTube or if you get stadium in your cable package. Although AJ literally signed with the Bengals the day before we were supposed to start the show. <laughs> so we only get AJ Tuesday and Friday. But I've had a lot of fun. Otherwise, with my guy Hudson Mason. And then I love um SEC Mike, who him and Cousin Shane host that SEC podcast. Yep. They're great. So it's a bit of a rotating door there. But uh, yeah, check that out as well.
1: Very nice. You are all over the place. I don't know how you find time to to watch all these various Star Wars vehicles and uh, play these video games and, and, we're, and you have young yeah. children. Like, I don't know how this works.
0: I've been a firm believer my entire life, Andy, that when people say they don't have time, you actually do. It's just a matter of what you want to commit your time to. Um, this is the first time where I'm kind of putting that to the test. Right. I mean, now, like you said, with three kids and with the three shows is the first time where, yeah, like, 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 yeah, like I watched Ahsoka, but you know, that's like 40 minutes every Tuesday. Right. right? So it was like one thing. Okay. I could, I could easily do that. Um, my video game is at an all time low right now. Like I've been playing Baldur's Gate three for like two months now, which is just a stunningly good game, but I'm talking like 20 minutes a day. 30 yeah. minutes a day. And that's like a hundred hour game. So I'll probably plea. Uh, I, I would almost guarantee I will still be playing Baldur's Gate three by the time we are crowning a national champion. So I haven't got any big sessions in, but you know, we, we, every, whatever, whatever you just do it, just do it. Just keep exactly. drinking coffee and just keep
1: taking. Well, you also have my, my favorite show is, is whiskey and wine that you do with Matt Moscona. Hell yeah, dude. That's after cool. every LSU game where one or both of you may be hammered. By that point. And yeah, it's especially no, good after an LSU loss, I, I have yeah. to say. I know it's pa- painful for you, but I, I, I did enjoy it. And we'll talk about this when we talk about Auburn LSU when we pick that game. But you on snaps the other day mentioned something, to Aaron, and, and it was – I think you were getting a dig in at the Georgia fans. But you were basically saying how much you enjoy getting to feel again. Yes. As yeah, an yeah. LSU fan. Because LSU yeah. lets you – experience a wide range of emotions <laughs> every single game.
0: It's um, it's something that I used to attack Alabama fans with. It was kind of like, you know, these takes evolve over years and you refine them and chisel away and find the the heart of the take. Um, And so it used to be Alabama, right? You say, you know, LSU is Greece, right? Sometimes there's beautiful art and passion and success and other times there's just like complete... Economic collapse, whereas Alabama was gray and unfeeling the 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 USSR of college football and, and 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 so a lot of that is still true, but but it's even it's become even more dumbed down. I've, I've realized even through this season and 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 really one of the things that jumped out to me I was doing a hit with uh Hester and Bobby Carpenter. I'm serious, and I was asking Bobby about the Ohio State Notre Dame game, and I was like, "Dude, that had to feel incredible, right?" Like, what a game! That's awesome. And he basically said. No, he hated it. Like he hated the entire time feeling like his soul was about to rip out. He hated the stress, the anxiety of it. And it just struck me that there are fan bases that are not used to that, that legitimately yeah. are not used to that. And granted Georgia for a long time has been, so they're a bit newer to this, but the last, I mean, this season, what is Georgia stressed a few minutes at Auburn? Like, and so it made me realize, no, I, I, and it's less about anybody else. It's more about just me personally. I, love that feeling. I love Star Wars. I love Lord of the Rings. I love video games. I love entertainment. I love creativity. I love art. Nothing on earth makes me feel the same way that a live college football game does in which you have a rooting interest. It is insane the emotional ups and downs that you will feel, the depths of despair, the heights of joy. And so, yeah, as you get older, I think you start to appreciate more and more things that make you feel something when you're passively consuming it. And I just think there's no higher form of entertainment than a tight four quarter, um, college football game. And, and the great part about this LSU team is like, if you're going to go through that, you at least want to go through it just snorting mounds and mounds of offense. Right. So exactly. it's like, okay. If- I, you you <laughs> don't want to be
1: Iowa. You want to be yes. LSU or USC. Yes. yes,
0: exactly. Right. If I'm going to go through the crap, uh, I might as well do it while feeling like, a, you know, my heart's going to explode and I'm just like just racking up touchdowns time and time again. <laughs> I, I don't uh, know. If you,
1: I don't know if you've watched the the Continental, the uh, the show that's based on the John Wick Hotel. It's heard a, about it's, it. It's a prequel. But there's a moment in in the third episode where uh, action is allowed on Continental continental grounds and which is is a hotel for assassins essentially yeah and so the red light goes on and the first thing you see is this guy snorting a mound of something off a sword and that is what i imagine you
0: were like watching lsu
1: missouri on saturday
0: i mean that's how it feels and then lsu's done they're 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 doing the uh they're going the extra leg of like just getting down by two touchdowns immediately Like, you know what? Let's spot the other team two tuds and then let's just start this like slow climb back. And so all of a sudden, every single offensive play feels like there is no margin of error or you're dead. And again, it leads to frustration without a doubt, right? But it just, it it's, I always go back to the old Pacino quote from two for the money. You know, it's the losing that makes you know you're alive. Like, like <laughs> it's, it's that bad feeling as well as the good that gives me life. It's the best form of entertainment there is. So oh, let, um, let's pick, let's pick that it. game
1: now. Let's, let's pick Auburn at LSU now. Cause that, okay. the, the question I have for you with Auburn and LSU, can LSU make Auburn look like it has a functional passing offense? Is LSU's defense quite
0: that bad. Uh well LSU's defense is that bad. I don't know about like it like in the specifics of your question, we'll get into that. But if we want to talk in like general, is LSU's defense that bad? The answer is yes. Um so the athletic covers stop rate every uh-huh. week. I think yep. it's a Max great Wilson, single baby. statistic. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like um when a team touches a ball, opponent, do they score or do they not? LSU is dead last in the power five 128th in the country. The Tigers have a 42.9% stop rate. So right now, if you touch the ball against LSU, you have a significantly better than a coin flip chance of uh of scoring. Like it's 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 kind of hard to fathom. Again, and I want to highlight this. Not pretty like okay, you think USC's defense sucks? I think they're like 30s in stop rate, maybe after this weekend, like the 40s. Uh, LSU is 125th. There is not a Power 5 school that is worse. That said, they had one really stellar defensive por- performance this year. It was Mississippi State. Yeah. Why? Because Zach Garnett has put on a masterclass in ruining an offense. Mississippi State can't throw the ball. They want to run the ball. They're not that talented in the trenches. Um, Auburn, without a doubt, has m- much more talent than Mississippi State does, but they cannot throw the ball either. They need to run the ball, and Hugh Freeze done a nice job of creating this sort of pseudo triple option attack uh, with Peyton Thorne leading the way. Not even Robbie Ashford, uh, but I have to imagine that from a pure matchup standpoint, this is not facing Jordan Travis. This is not facing Brady Cook. This is not facing Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin. Like I don't think the LSU office is going to defense going to be great by any means, but I I, I cannot fathom. That Auburn would would come out of here and have a lot of passing success,
1: right? And that's that's the thing. LSU does not seem to be that bad against the run. It's the pass that that is that yes. gives them the problem. And that's why LSU is an 11 and a half point favorite. That's a lot of points, but they are at home. And again, if they were Swiss cheese against the run, I'd be like Auburn all day. That's way too many points. But this that's and that's why I asked you the question I asked. If we think LSU can make them look like a functional passing offense, then I might be willing to take Auburn in the points.
0: But I think I'm probably taking LSU here. I don't know if Auburn can, like, I don't know if anybody can make them look like a functional passing. I mean, the the numbers are crazy. Their leading receiver has sub-200 yards on the year. Yeah. You know you played Georgia, and you played some okay games, but, like, you've also played bad opponents that you should have been able to stack some numbers against. So, I – I, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna play this spread uh on my own personal card. <laughs> yeah. Um it's LSU's just way too unpredictable right now. But I would play LSU if I had a play here. Yeah. And you mentioned the home factor. To me, that's actually and then look, the offense is just unstoppable. And I like Auburn's defense. It's salty, but I'll take this off. Like the offense is strong everywhere. The O line's the best that's I've the ever thing. seen in LSU. The Missouri defense that they scored 49 points on. Yeah is pretty good. Well, and the crazy part is, Andy, they were number one in the SC in rush defense, right? They were averaging like 70 yards game, Mizzou was. Um, LSU came out and said, you know, what? we're going to help our defense. We're just going to run it. LSU ran the ball uh, two-to-one ratio, essentially, about 66% of the time this last game, and they ran for 270 with Jaden Dans and Diggs both eclipsing 100. So, like, I think LSU will move it and score on anyone, and I like Auburn's defense, but I think they will. But I think, I think it's the home factor here, man. The Tigers have been on the road uh, for the first six games. Tiger Stadium rarely nowadays reaches its zenith, like its 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 greatness. But six PM, Auburn victorious homecoming after a couple of road ranked games. The fellas being excited to be back in the building, in the routine where they're comfortable, and then the Pete Jenkins factor, which just is like you got to really care about LSU to recognize anything about this. But LSU's defensive line has the most talent of any group on the defense, but they've been awful. And the reason is they don't really have a D-line coach. They just brought in Pete Jenkins, who's a bit of a – he's 80 years old, but he's just yeah. a D-line legend like he is, you know, the Yoda. And already you could see improvement in week one. I think you'll see more here. So, yeah, I, I think mainly it's Tiger Stadium that's pushing me to uh, to choose LSU here. I, I, I am in agreement. Let us stay in the SEC. Let us go to a place
1: that – does get very excited when the home team is good. Texas A&M at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's a three and a half mm-hmm. point favorite at Neyland Stadium. Mm-hmm. This is a weird spot for Texas A&M. If, if Texas A&M had beaten Alabama, T-Bob, I'd be like Tennessee all day. Don't you know they're going to come in and and they will not be prepared for the environment. Ooh. They will be riding high. They'll think, oh, we got the SEC West here. But now they played against Alabama. They will never probably see Alabama play a sloppier game. They did not win. Uh, Jimbo Fisher fortune did not favor him because he was not bold. And <laughs> this
0: is, this is a big
1: spot for Jimbo. I think like they got to win
0: this. Yeah. I, I look, I, I, I agree. I mean, I don't know, but that's the weird part about Jimbo, right? Like they got to win. I, here, here's what an awful place for A&M boosters to be where you're having to really ask yourself, like, I mean, what's the difference between 50 and 60 million? Like what's <laughs> like functionally? Like what's the difference between 60 and 70 million? Is it a Tennessee loss? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do those math. Cause that's not even numbers that I can fathom, but like, if you really are done with him, It's going to be at least 50 because you ain't going to wait till like 2027 or anything like that. Like you got a couple of years before it's it's 76 if they wanted to do it this year. That's what I'm saying. And then it's 60 the next 50, the next like to to even get to a number that is palatable. You'd have to wait till 27. It doesn't feel like they're going to do that. So I, 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 it's weird to say, is it must win? Is it not? I, I here's my instincts, dude. I'm with you. My instincts are to go A&M and it sounds Mm -hmm. crazy. Because it's Nealand in October, the fan base at Tennessee is one of the best in the entire country. It's going to be loud. It's going to be intimidating. It's like I said, it's October. Orange always plays well in October, yep. um, and you you have good on good here. Uh, Texas a by far the best rush defense in the SEC, the only team allowing less than three yards of carry. But Tennessee easily the best team when it comes to rushing the ball. The only team averaging over six yards a carry. Ultimately. I think Tennessee wins that battle. I think they put it on Joe Milton, and I'll actually take Max Johnson over Joe Milton in, in, in that fight. The only thing that gives me pause is the Tennessee bye week. Because uh, mm-hmm. I was pretty confident on this. And Tennessee might win, but I was pretty confident on A&M plus three and a and 35 And then I remembered about the bye week. Uh, but still, it's like the SAT. They tell you to stick with your first instinct. I'm going Aggies plus a yeah. three and a half. So it
1: is, it is Texas a rush defense that is what leads me to lean toward them because I saw t- I saw Tennessee in- against Florida in person when they couldn't run the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you
1: can't, if they can't run the ball, their offense does not function the way it's supposed to function, and that's the issue. Against South Carolina, they kept running into these third and fives, and they were getting it on the ground every single time, and they yeah. they dominated South Carolina. So that is that that's really where it's at is can Tennessee stop them on the ground? If they can, they're going to win this game. If they can't Tennessee is going to Tennessee's going to run through them and score a
0: bunch of points. And and that'll be, that'll be that. But yeah, I just I mean, it's the same thing with Hinden Hooker. And even, even with Hinden Hooker last year, who was yeah. awesome and much more capable than Joe Milton of beating you, but like, if you could stop that Tennessee rushing tech, the hypo system starts to just kind of crumble a bit. Yeah. And after, you know, I know sack yardage counts against rushing, which is dumb as hell. We all agree. And so, no, AM didn't really hold Alabama to 21 yards or 23 carries or whatever, yeah. but it still was like right at three or sub three. Yeah. You know, and if were, you Alabama do that, was like, not
1: gaining chunks of yardage on the no,
0: ground. No, and, not at all.
1: And, and no Brew McCoy for Tennessee, unfortunately, had that horrible injury. You know, that that's a –
0: Who ever got um, about that.
1: Devastating loss in terms of leadership and 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 really the blo- the downfield blocking as well that that would spring plays for longer when they throw underneath. That's a that's another thing. So I am gonna t- I'm gonna take Texas A&M in the points here. Oh
0: okay, make t- look at us gonna
1: Tennessee fans mad, and uh, that's all right because the last time I picked against them, uh, Tennessee covered very nicely against South Carolina.
0: <laughs> and- was that was that the epic week where you know mathematically? You were undefeated. No, no, my undefeated week. I actually picked the Vols to cover. Oh, at okay. <laughs> there you go. That, yeah. was, that was perfection, T-Bob. Yeah. Like, oh, look, that's perfection, T. Bob. We like look. Look, I always big. say it in gambling. Really, you're supposed to end up right at fifty percent. and they win because the odds are right under. Right. So I don't care if you win every game or lose every game. I'm just as impressed because exactly. mathematically, it, it's, it's not just as happen. hard. it's, well, it's and- just as hard either way.
1: Your guys killed me last week. I would have been 6-2 and on Mm. that graphic last week, except uh, Major Burns didn't realize you're supposed to go down on that interception, (laughs) so you just run the
0: clock out. The cover was never in doubt, you know? Uh, (laughs) Tigers on the road. All right. Let us go to
1: 3.30 Eastern Time, 12.30 local, in Seattle, on the shores of Lake Washington. Yes. The biggest game of the week. Oregon at Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington's a two and a half point favorite. Essentially, they're saying this is a pick'em. If you if you played at a neutral site, I I love this game, T. Bob, because it's these be so are great. Two, these are two teams that everybody talks about the amount of points they're putting up, but both of them are actually built pretty nicely along the line of
0: scrimmage too. Yeah, and and what I love is the 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 Pac-12 has big this has been this big. Anticipatory conversation the entire year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, We got little teasers, little undercard fights, like a Colorado, Oregon, a Colorado, USC that we cared about because the names were big, but we knew Colorado was never really one of the, the 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 true powers, right? And we had some nice Wazoo, Oregon State battles in there. So the undercard was great in the Pac-12 this year, but now it's time to start getting ready for these heavyweight bouts. And you got. Heisman team or a high, you know, you have legitimate Heisman candidates leading mm-hmm. legitimate national championship contenders. There's probably three of them in the conference, uh, maybe more, but this is where they're all gonna finally have to start to play one another. And then you have somebody like Utah just hanging out that I never think about anymore, but like they're still there, they're just as relevant as ever. So um, I, I can't wait for this game. First heavyweight match. I gotta be clear up front though, Andy. This is a uh this is a heart and soul pick for me i love the huskies i love a giant lefty with a rocket arm i love the color combination they've been my heart and soul team all year long i picked them to win the uh, the the, the pack 12 i believe in pennix power i i you know they're the only team i want to say to win in eugene in the last like 20 games or something that Oregon's yep. played at home and now they get him at washington beautiful unis uh a beautiful style of play from Washington, a beautiful setting, as you mentioned. And I love Kalen DeBoer. You know what I like? And you're seeing this out of Lance Leipold as well. at like Kansas is at a time when everybody wants to go sexy coordinator, which does work. Like I think Dan Lanning's awesome. Great yeah. job at Oregon. Completely changed the attitude and everything. But Kalen DeBoer won three nat three championships on the NAIA level. He won four championships on the GPAC level. I think that, translates because I don't care if you're on that level. You're still emerging on top. You're still figuring out right. how to beat your peers and win the big games. Anyway, they went 11 to two last year. So mm-hmm. yes, no doubt. This is a hard pick. It's a blind pick for me. Um, But I am, I am rolling with, uh, with the Huskies here over the ducks in Washington.
1: I love it because I am on the other side of this. I have been picking a lot of- Oregon to win this league since the offseason, basically when I saw what they were adding through the portal, I said, Dan Lanning has made notes about what they needed to do better. And he is taking care of all of these things that they need to take care of. Uh, they, they are better on the line of scrimmage. They are better in the pass rush. They are better in the secondary. This is a better defensive team because they were humiliated by Oregon State in the last game of the season when Oregon State just kept yeah. running the ball and came back. They lost to Washington in a game where Bo Nix got hurt at a very inconvenient time.
0: Oh, but I think they forgot about the they could have, have, they the could have won that game. Yeah.
1: So I think this is going to be a great game. I I don't I don't think anybody's blowing anybody out. I think both these teams are really good. Now what I what, what excites me about this game T Bob over like Oklahoma Texas last week. I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to play again for the Big Twelve title. And as exciting yep. as that game was, we're going to see it again in Jerry World. The Pac-12 is so deep and
0: so difficult. It's a very good point.
1: I don't know that we'll see this again. This it's may be a very good
0: point. It's a so very good point.
1: Both of these teams, both of these teams have to play USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. Ooh, All woof. losable games. So I am I am so excited because it feels like a very high stakes matchup. And I think this is this is Bo's time. I'm ready. And I also I, I think. Oregon can beat you in a lot of ways. What I think ultimately helps them here is they get after Michael Penix in a way that nobody has been able to do all year. He does, mm. they, he does not have time for Roma Dunze and those receivers to get open. That's that's to the, say,
0: man. He's got a few of them guys. I mean, there, there is of those guys
1: that are like, that are like NFL dudes. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like LSU has two in Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, I think Washington is the only team in the country that got three between Adunze, uh, Polk, and McMillan. So, yes. I like, yeah. And and look, and, and I love Landing as well, right? He's absolutely changed the culture. I love the speech about the Redwoods before the Colorado game. You right. know, why is the Redwoods strong? Not because it's standing alone because it's roots, but the interconnected roots, you know? Like, I, I love that kind of stuff. But, uh, no, no, give, look, Also, I, I, it's weird. I just, I've always kind of liked the Huskies. First game I ever played in college. First start I ever had was randomly LSU, Washington at Washington. It's on the water. The setting's beautiful. The fans are fired up. Weather incredible. I, yeah, give me, yeah, give me the Huskies here. Purple and gold sticks together. I understand that. Well, well, to be fair, I I got a little flack on this, but you know, I don't know if like purple and yellow. Um, there's something that's actually nice about like a real purple and burnished gold, which is what Washington's bringing to bear.
1: Yeah. You guys, you guys more are the Lakers.
0: Yes. And, yes. yes. I like, Um, even though my favorite uniforms in all of college football, actually Minnesota hand totally down the, the Minnesota homes with the yellow helmets. Ooh, I don't know. I just love them. See, I, I, go, the, them. I go USC because I like shoulder yokes. Yeah. But bro, they got such giant numbers. Yeah. And like they, USC they can, already they, is small defensively and the giant numbers just make him look <laughs> smaller. And it, it pisses me off yeah. and I know it's classic. So it does score points in the classic category, but just like subtly shrink the numbers a little bit. That's all. That's all I'd say. Yeah, that's my advice. You can do
1: that. That's, that's no problem. I like the no name on the back of the Jersey. I, I, I like no, that. And I love the shoulder. I'm, I'm with yeah, you on not, these as well. Yeah. The no name is not for everybody, but for the schools that do it, the Notre Dames, the Penn States, it, it makes sense. So,
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Here's a weird one. I threw this in here because I, I just have a, a feeling this, this could get odd. It's on the CW. You got to find the CW. Louisville at Pittsburgh. Louisville's a seven and a half point favorite on the road. Pitt has been not good this year. They've been bad. Yeah. Uh, they, they have benched Phil Dracovic. They, they made him third string.
0: Wait, did somebody say he's playing tight end or something? Well, Did
1: he was going to be the third string quarterback. It was one of those that, like, they, you see this more in the NFL where they're just like, "We've decided anybody but you." <laughs> so Christian Ballou will be the uh, the new quarterback, and with Louisville, it, it, it isn't. We, we had Brian Brom on the show last week, and you could tell he's very confident, but you could tell he also understands that this is a a somewhat fragile young team. And yeah. how do they handle the success of beating Notre Dame, being the toast of college football? We're all going down the rest of their schedule, going, "Holy crap, they might go eleven and one or twelve and oh. And how does how how do they all deal with that? And so, being favored on the road the next week is a tricky spot.
0: It's it is a little stinky, by the way, uh, from six days ago. There, I'm reading an article out of Pittsburgh, uh, saying that Phil Dracovic is switching to tight end. Yeah, and, so, and, <laughs> that's insane, dude. I don't know if I've ever so seen the starting quarterback.
1: Jude what? Said he's not a tight end, and he's listed as QB two. Oh, okay, okay. okay this is okay. listen. <laughs> he's a big dude. If he if he wanted to play some tight end, I think he could. That's but crazy. man, there, there's a lot going. On. Speaking of tight ends in this game, this is the the moment my jaw dropped in that Louisville, Notre Dame game. Not, not when they won. I I actually had picked Louisville to win the game, but Joey Gatewood caught a pass and I'm like, wait, that Joey Gatewood. Yes. The Joey Gatewood who played quarterback at Auburn at Kentucky and at UCF is a tight end at Louisville. now.
0: (laughs) God, dude, two catches for 52 and a ton on the year. God, that is college football. So weird nowadays. Um, okay, here, here's wait,
1: I, let me let me contribute a question. How many spots ahead of Brock Purdy in the QB class of 2018 was Joey Gatewood ranked?
0: <laughs> wait, so Joey Gatewood came out in the same class as Purdy and was ranked ahead of him. Oh, yes, 59 spots ahead of him.
1: <laughs> Joey Gatewood was the number five quarterback. You know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are one.
0: Oh my god, dude. Okay, so Purdy's just been overcoming bad scouting <laughs> his entire life basically yes. uh yes. also it makes you think like what was max or not max uh matt, matt campbell maybe should have struck while the iron was hot and he had Brees hall oh, and brock purdy 100%. I mean, because it's kind of falling apart there since
1: yeah and and every every time i watch the 49ers play i'm more and more convinced it was all brock purdy
0: yeah, yeah, and Brees good too. Like, yeah, but- yeah. He was, he, he, no, I, 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 I agree. I read the other day Matt Campbell had a uh, 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 he got offered by the Lions, Yeah. and I think he, he turned it down. Yeah, that's and they hired Dan Campbell, and it worked out pretty well for them. So and they're, they're great now. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Focus in, focus right.
1: in. Yeah, um, we can we can focus. We don't have to break down too much. The X's and O's. This I'm going to take Louisville. I trust Jeff Brom. Yeah, That's really all I'm saying here is I trust Jeff Braun, but I think this is a very tricky spot for the Cardinals, and I would not be surprised if I'm wrong.
0: I know that no quotes are ever actually real, and we never know if people actually said them, Uh, but this is a game where I go back to that Napoleon quote, right? In war, uh, morale is to physical as three parts out of four, basically, right? And when you look at these two teams – I don't feel like Pitt could be more down and Louisville cannot get higher. And I agree that there's questions about whether or not Louisville can handle the success, but I think Jack Brom, like, I, I think he's pretty well suited to, yeah. to, to, to having his team stay locked in, in the moment here. And, and I believe in this team. And like, I feel like if Louisville was going to lose, it was going to be on the road at NC state, not at Pitt. Right. So yeah, give me right. Plummer and the boys to go in there and take care. And, and plus Pitt's been really bad. This year, um, (laughs) Narduzzi's gotta be Um, ever since Narduzzi lost Jordan Addison and NIL and everything. It just feels like that job's kind of gotten harder and harder. Would not be surprised at all if he is looking for an out when, when you didn't recognize what won you the ACC championship
1: and made fun of that actually after it left. Yeah. Maybe that's a problem. So true, true, (laughs) but we shall see what happens on the CW. Here's another one. Morale, you just mentioned. Yes. This is a uh, the morale of the viewers game. I don't know how we're going to feel about this. Iowa at Wisconsin. Now, yeah. we always pick the Iowa total on this show, but this time we're actually going to also pick the point spread because this is an important game. The winner of this game is probably going to win the Big Ten West.
0: Yeah. The, I mean, don't even get me started on how the Big Ten did their, their, their halves of the conferences. It's so stupid. Um, <laughs> well, they I mean, tried the, it another way and then they didn't like that. So we went with that. Uh, but like, but like, is there a more irrelevant half of the conference winner every single year than the Big Ten West winner? Like it might as well just be a stepping stone for the Big Ten East because I know yeah, they don't want to cannibalize the, the, the themselves, two, the they don't want to knock that, into the playoffs. The two
1: years that Jim McElwain won the SEC East at Florida, that was probably the same. Okay,
0: okay, that's true. Mizzou sneaking in and winning a couple of those Easts early on was maybe yeah. somewhat similar as well. Oh, I but, listen,
1: I will always ride for 2013 Mizzou. That team was awesome, and that that SEC is that Doriel Green game, Beckham. Uh he I believe he was on that team. Uh that was James Franklin, the quarterback. Uh I love that that three the first three quarters of that SEC championship game against Auburn were about the most fun I've had at a football game. And
0: um that team was that team was really good. Look, I would love for I I love that Mizzou's kind of good again. Uh okay, Iowa at Wisconsin. I, yeah, I got to be honest, Andy, I've not watched a lot of Wisconsin this year. Um, in fact, I just heard the term Dairy Raid this morning, <laughs> uh, which I deeply love, and I'm sad that I've somehow missed out on the Dairy Raid memes. But um, I know they had a couple of nice ones recently. I, I To me, this is how my brain works. You're giving an Iowa offense nine and a half points. I think they cover. Like it's, so, it's, it's that simple. Like well, Iowa, that they can't, they're going to get nine. And I don't think that Kate McNamara being out really matters. Right. Like the offense already sucked. It's just, maybe you suck a little more.
1: Well, it's, a, it's a 36 total. So what we're, what are we talking about here? But like a, we're, we're talking about like a, a 24, 12 game. Like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. I don't think Wisconsin is going to score that much. So I have watched uh, quite a few Wisconsin games actually. And Like I go back to the Washington state game. Like if they had more team speed at receiver, they, they win that game
0: because so you're telling me it really is just having too many white guys at receiver. That's doing the air raid in the exact thing that everybody was worried about in the first place. When you go to run the air raid at Wisconsin, but
1: here's the thing they can fix that. Luke fickle. Look at his history. Oh, he knows how to find fast people. So that part's going to get fixed. What what is interesting is they have been able to run the ball very effectively. We know Phil Longo likes to run the ball. When he had Javante Williams and, and Michael Carter at North Carolina, they ran it really well. So Braylon Allen's been awesome. Uh, they, I believe Ches Malusi's out now. So that, that you don't have the one-two punch anymore. I think Braylon Allen, unfortunately, is gonna get run into a wood chipper with the Iowa defense, is the pro- and that's the problem. Like I'm taking the under in this thing. Yeah. And I just the only reason I'm taking Iowa and the points, I think they'll lose. I just don't know that anybody's going to score 10.
0: No, no. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's a third <laughs> yeah. of the spread. I was getting a third of the spread. Like, like, yeah, what do you know, I, I will say this. Um, always bet the Iowa under, it's just a hard and fast rule because not only I, I'm pretty sure it's undefeated on the year. I bet it every week. Oh no,
1: no, no. It hit the over hit two weeks ago, the overhit against Michigan state.
0: Okay. So there you go. So, Every now and then it may trip up, but we've been betting Iowa unders for like three years now on the show, and it probably has the highest hit rate of any single bet that I can imagine in college football. So, like, because you see a number like 36, you get a little scared. Free yourself from the fear. Free yourself from the burden of knowledge or analysis and just bet it. Just bet the under on Iowa every single week, and you'll win more than you lose. It is,
1: it is amazing. And Deacon Hill, 6'3", 260. That's what I want my quarterback to look like. Yeah. What, a big I want a quarterback six, three, who looks two, like six. me. That's yeah, what that's I want. big boy. <laughs> that's exactly right. Let us move back into the SEC. This is a game that, that – I don't usually. I don't pick games with with this high of a spread in conference play, but I think it's interesting with Alabama coming off that A and M win, and uh, you and Aaron had a great discussion on snaps about Alabama and just the voodoo that Nick Saban has done. So this is Arkansas at Alabama. Alabama is a nineteen and a half point favorite. I'm getting a little worried about Sam Pittman, even though I I just like the guy. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Everybody I, likes him. The, my feeling on Arkansas is they have so much passion and so much money that they're going to be very impulsive when it comes to coaching. And they're just going to keep hiring people to fire them. And you can fire Sam Pittman and you'll be back in this situation in three or four years. But I understand. I'm not going to tell you how to feel.
0: Let's talk about. I mean, but like, Yeah. But like the, the tough part there is like the flip side is like, do you think that Sam Pittman, like I get that he's done a better job than right. what than the did before him, yeah. but like, you know, do you believe that Sam Pittman? because Arkansas wants to be better? They want to yeah, be. Not, West relevant. He didn't do it's a like, better
1: job than Bobby Petrino did. Bobby. Yeah, exactly. Did that's what Arkansas. I'm saying, and that's yeah. where they're
0: going to be like calling back to, like we can get back there. And you know they're not entirely, I mean, college football does just come down to the head coach.
1: Yeah, kind of a well, lot and, of times. And Arkansas is one of those schools in the NIL era
0: that could really dig deep. It's true. If they wanted to. It's true, I don't think they have any debt on any of the buildings on their campus. I mean, think about it, they got Tyson Chicken, Walmart, and Jerry Jones. Those are three Heck,
1: billionaires yeah. right there. Yep. No, so they 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 can be this, but it, they've not looked particularly great this season against, no. L- except against LSU, where well, <laughs> they were moving the ball that's, up and down that's the field. An LSU problem, <laughs> but, but let, let us talk about the job Nick Saban has done with this Alabama team because Ugh. it. Took a while. And, and maybe this is also Tommy Rees and Jalen Milrow. I, I feel like once they decided Jalen Milrow is their quarterback before the, the week of the Ole Miss game, that's when everything turned for this team. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they were running an offense that was built around Jalen Milrow. I think they were running an offense that they, they felt like Milrow or Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson could run. Then they play USF. They're like, see other quarterback parents?
0: Yeah, It doesn't work yeah.
1: out. Stop calling. <laughs> We're going with number four.
0: It is what it felt like, which what a giant stage to have that kind of, uh, it almost felt like, okay, fans, everybody, like, you yeah. want to see what happens? You want to see why Milrow won the starting job? Here you go. But yeah. I think you nailed it, right? We just talked about freeing yourself from the burden of analysis when it comes to the Iowa under. I feel like that was almost like the Alabama coaching staff. Like, like, free yourself from this expectation that Jalen Murrow is going to be somebody that he's not. That Tyson's going to step up in a way that you haven't seen before. That Tyler Buckner is going to somehow be something that he's never even been close to being. And now, once, like you said, they're all in on Milrow. And you look up, and does Milrow make mistakes? Yeah, but he is the third highest-rated passer in the SEC. And he does have massive big playability. And he showed me major growth. When they couldn't run the ball at all at college station, you're down at half second time. You did the same thing against Soul Miss, and you come out and you just dominate Mm -hmm. the second half. So, yeah, it's uh, Ari Wasserman wrote, I think it might have been in the headline, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, uh, Alabama is inevitable, and that kind of stuck with me. I mean, they are the Thanos of the college football world. it's just funny because no Ari, Ari
1: definitely didn't write the headline because he's never watched that movie. He's never <laughs> watched any <laughs> Avengers
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, whatever it is, though, it stuck me because the inevitability of Alabama is getting disconcerting. And we've said it all year, like, if this Alabama team wins anything of note, it's probably Nick Saban's greatest coaching job oh, that no he's, he, he's ever had. And 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 then, and, and I mean, you look at Arkansas, Andy, and speaking of morale and things like that, these two teams could not be going in more opposite directions. Yeah. Alabama's had two really impressive SEC comebacks and must-have-it wins to take control of the West, and Arkansas's falling apart. You blow the big lead against BYU. You almost get LSU. You fall short lose by seven old miss. You got Dan Enos immediately responding to student emails after the games about play calling, like multiple responses. And, and, and somebody affiliated with Dan Enos getting Dan Enos on the Michigan State candidates list, at least from one report. <laughs> I just remember don't seeing that and
1: going, what don't what? worry. Oh no.
0: uh, <laughs> LSU defensive coordinator Matt House is also on that list. Yeah. So you got some you got some agents working overtime right now, but um yeah, I just i the Alabama defense is gonna give KJ and Enos a ton of problems. Jalen Milrow continues to grow in strength, like we talk about. Uh, I talked to my gambling guy here. This is the only game I cheated on. Mm-hmm. My guy Colin Wilson of the Action Network. He is so sharp. Oh, yeah. He's been so good all year long. Um, and he thinks maybe an Arkansas backdoor cover, but he did say slam the over. He yeah, said all the metrics are pushing over here, but I- I'm going to Alabama to cover here. I I
1: think. Arkansas if they don't score quickly they may not score at all against no. Alabama's defense that that's the tricky part you remember that Arkansas Georgia game a few years ago Arkansas came in there all hot and then couldn't get across the 50 I'm a little worried that that may be what we're walking into well, well, here. chill
0: out dude I have PTSD from not getting across 50 you're not allowed to say that in front of me That's oh, a sorry. terrible point for I'm me sorry. yeah yeah, and we won't. We will not yeah. break, especially we when we're talking about Alabama. So yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the Bronx, the Bronx cheer when that actually happened in that game was it's, probably the worst it's, part of it. It's so. it's it's
0: just so unbelievably sad how badly we got our ass kicked. And then I confirmed this with AJ McCarron on Rivals yesterday, where I had always heard that Alabama had, had like a. And we're talking about the 2011 national championship for yes. anybody who's like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, I'd always heard that Alabama had a sports psychologist study our team mm-hmm. and that he essentially determined that tired Matthew was the head of the snake and it was like a cut off the head of the snake and watch the body follow sort of mission, which he was like, I have never, yeah. and I never thought about in those terms, but I have never been as I've never shared a locker room with a leader or a football player as incredible as tired Matthew blows me away to this day. Um, and so the entire Alabama game plan was built around cutting him down in front of us where they were going to get him in man-to-man and they were going to mm-hmm. attack him with uh who's the end? Was it Howard, their tallest receiver. And they were going to throw him on the sideline where it's either going to, if AJ places it right, it's either going to go out of bounds or, uh, or, or they're going to get it. Yeah. They're not going to give him a chance to make a play. And that all felt very apocryphal to me. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, it's a little too interesting to be true but no, McCarron literally yesterday just confirmed everything that I said. Wow! And then wow. I'm like, and you know what we did? We practiced the option for two weeks. We did 15 practices of just different versions of the option and full tackle scrimmages. It's just insane the difference between Saban so, and Miles getting ready for that natty.
1: Knowing a little bit about how how Nick Saban handled the mental architecture of that team, I think because they, they have multiple mental guys, I think that's yes. called Gandalf was was the one yeah. who did that one
0: so so we actually i know who you're talking about the wizard wow. is from michigan state
1: lonnie Rosen is his name yeah yes
0: shout out the doc he was an old uh vietnam medical man and um he taught me when i was younger because lsu actually brought him as well we never went as deep with it like yeah. saban does like military special forces focusing on the moment not being result oriented all that sort of stuff we never went that deep but you know i may have um had some anger problems in my day, I may have punched a few holes in my freshman dorm. Um and I worked, I worked with the doc about about anger management and and learning to control your anger rather than it controlling you. And yeah, Gandalf is correct, not just in look, but that man's got some deep, deep wisdom. Well, it's he he may need
1: to come into Lexington. Well, for I I will take <laughs> Alabama to cover in this game. I, I want to make I sure too. everybody knows we'll throw that on the graphic and I'll be wrong and it'll be great. Uh but let, let's let's move on to Lexington, Kentucky. Missouri at Kentucky. And I'm going to play this. We played it on yesterday's show. This is Mark Stoops on his call-in show on Monday night.
2: And then we got to go do it. You know, the other side of that, the, the you know, the, the other side, if you want to do that, it's blame, complain, deny, or make excuses. And we're not going to do that. You know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, fans have that right. I, I give it to them. And you know, I just encourage him to donate more because that's what those teams are doing. And and uh, in uh, yeah, I could promise you, in Georgia, they they bought some pretty good players, you're allowed to these days, and uh, we could use some help. That's what they look like, you know what I mean, when you have 85 of them. So, so uh, I encourage uh, anybody that's disgruntled to, to pony up some more.
0: The best part of that answer, if you watch the video, I think. Is the local radio host's face as he realized, like, ooh, we got a banger, you know, like okay, dude. Which, which about is me.
1: great when it's your own show, but not <laughs> when it's the coach's college show, because those are not yeah.
0: supposed to be interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes, true. Actually, true. And then uh the worst part to me here is the whole I'm not gonna make some excuses, but here are excuses. Yeah, like, I don't I don't love that. But you had a different take on this, Andy. I want to hear what's your take yeah, on it. Yeah, so mine mine was I I
1: don't like everybody's like. What does this do to the players in the locker room? And I'm like, they just played Georgia. They know how much better the Georgia players are than them. Huh, like, true. they know this. Yeah, sad, sad but true. We had Deion Walker on the show last week. Like, Deion Walker would start
0: for Georgia. I'm not sure anybody else in Kentucky would. Yeah. That's the I, problem. So I I agree. I I you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all there. I think the only issue could be like. Let let's say, and you never know with head coaches, right? Because everybody lies. You never know if right. a team actually likes their head coach or not. If they like Mark Stoops, then you're right. No big deal. Yeah. It is what it is. We keep moving. If they don't like Mark Stoops, I could see it being a bit of a problem. problem. Yeah, you're a little bit. Of like, You know what? Yeah, f that dude anyway. Sitting you're talking about how we're going to win. We're going to do this or that, and the whole time he's just thinking, man, look how much shittier my players are than theirs. Well, like, and,
1: and here's here's where I'd I'd go if I were them. Well you make all this money and you're exactly. saying the fans should dig deeper. Maybe you're, cause it, this is what I keep telling ADs. Cause ADs keep getting asked by their fans. Like, what do I give to? Do I give to you? Do I give to the collective? And they're always like, what? And they, they don't want to answer the question. Yeah. But in their heart of hearts, they're like, well, if you'd like to win more games, give the collective, because all I'm going to do is use that money to buy a, to make a water slide in the, in the volleyball facility. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's what you got to do. But Mark Stoops, if it really is more Jimmy's and Joe's than X's and O's oriented, you got to bite off a chunk
0: of yours too. <laughs> that's, I mean, so that is, and, and it's like, and I wonder, are there, are there, cause I've been thinking about a lot, are there, are there NCAA violations or something to Stoops giving you to a collective? I, I don't know. But if, even if there are, it's just a real, I mean, we're talking about the Southeast. Okay. There's yeah. not a lot of great state economies in the southeast. Right, a lot of SEC football fans, you know, blue collar, middle class, whatever you want to call it, we just grinding. We just trying to make it, raise our families, watch some football, right? So when the eight million dollar man is telling, you know, the guy who's maybe working at the horse farm or the distillery, you need to kick in more. I'm sorry, you go so stereotypically Kentucky there, <laughs> but <very> um, <laughs> but but like, but like, it, it, it's tone deaf. If nothing yeah. else, it, it just, it all feels very tone deaf. The only thing about Kentucky Georgia is like, if you're a Kentucky fan, again, what did you expect? Right. You're well, an, you're an inferior, awful you're, style matchup. Yeah. Yes, you're, you're built to be an inferior, inferior version of them. Yes. yes, exactly. And now the, and by far the most damning thing to come out of this coaching show is the stat. The yes. Mark Stoops only has two wins in the 10 years over teams that would go on to finish with sec winning records. And it's like five and three Florida from 18. And I think like five and three South Carolina from 17. So it's not yep. even like really well, the good best ones is, either. I don't believe that's true. Yeah. And it was hundred yeah. percent true, but so and then Kentucky actually, Sports Radio actually like laid it out in a very oh, clear and concise graphic very, where
1: no, it is true. Very much did. So Missouri
0: is potentially one of
1: those teams that may finish this yeah. year with a winning SEC record, but probably only if they beat Kentucky. So <laughs> this is this is a very interesting game because it's not the same style matchup that Kentucky Georgia was. Like you knew what was going to happen with Kentucky, Georgia, but Kentucky's style against Missouri, and you just mentioned what LSU did on the ground against Missouri. Yeah, Kentucky may be able to to, to play very well against Missouri. Now, can you stop Luther Burden is another question.
0: I'm I I I'm gonna admit to being a prisoner of the moment here. Okay. Um, because I'm gonna rock with Mizzou, and maybe I've just been snorting too much offense every weekend. <laughs> but I love what Brady Cook and Luther Burden are doing right now. And it's so much fun. And I think Brady Cook's legit. Yeah. I mean, his receivers kind of betrayed him in that LSU game. So I'm like, he was putting it on him throughout the entire game. So now, they made a couple tight end drops, three passes in four times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they, yeah. they had, like, they probably had like five or six drops in total, yeah. including like touchdowns. So, no. So I like, uh, I'm going to roll zoo here. I do think the Missouri rush defense is probably a bit better. Not a bit better. I think it's much better than how it looked against LSU. Right. I think that Jaden Daniels kind of made a lot of that happen as well. Right. And that LSU offensive line is the best I've ever seen um, since I've been covering the LSU Tigers. Like it's better than the 2019 line. I think it's better than any of them. Uh, and then I, I mean, what's up with Devin Leary? What in the world did Devin Leary? What was he on two years ago? Mentally. Physically, he was just in such a zone at NC State and he is being completely incapable of recapturing. I thought maybe Liam Cohen would be the key to unlocking that, but that doesn't appear to be the case. So, no, give me, I mean, I think, I think Mizzou is a big quarterback advantage. Give me, give me the Tigers here.
1: Uh, I'm going to take Mizzou as well. I, you know, and sorry, Kentucky, but this is, uh, this could, and the other thing is, this could be a, a one loss beats you twice situation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Stoops, Gets them back and and they're yeah. they're all right, but that was a that was a tough way to lose.
0: And and again, do they like Stoops or not? Do they like yeah. Stoops or not? Is there a bunch of grumbling going on, or is the belief still there for Kentucky yeah. football team? Also, on Kentucky though, I mean, like we really don't know what they are. Yeah, I mean, Mark Stoops says he should host his own masterclass on how to schedule awful teams to make sure you get to eight wins. Uh, it's, it's the reason why he was one of the main voices against going to nine SEC games. It's oh, yeah. what's made him get paid $8 million a year. And so I know they had a ranking by their name, but like, are we supposed to be that impressed by beating Florida at home when Billy right. Napier's it's, one and six on the road? The, 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 and
1: that Florida game is what they're riding on. And we don't know what that means. We exactly. really don't. All right. Let us, let us go into the ACC Speaking of teams getting up off the mat, Miami at North Carolina, North Carolina favored by three and a half Miami last seen, not taking a knee against Georgia tech and then allowing Georgia tech to to go 70, 76 yards in in 36, 26 seconds. Uh, This was, I, I mean, this is the most heartbreaking way to lose a game and your coach did it to you do you get up off the mat or not?
0: Like that is the the worst coaching decision I've ever seen in my life. And somebody can be like, Oh, what about Marcus Freeman having 10 players on the field? That's not a decision. People
1: realize. Yeah. Well, no,
0: exactly. That's not, that's a human error. This was a conscious choice of let's run the ball and our expose ourselves to risk that didn't need to happen. But I would say this, Andy, I don't. and, And, and I like Miami. Tyler mm-hmm. Van Dyke is Tyler Van Beck. He's yeah. been awesome. I mean, the Georgia Tech game kind of struggled, but he's been awesome. That win over AM, one of the best the entire year. Um, and yes, last week's a big morale blow to eat. And you're right, there is like a lot of conversation about can you pick yourself or not. But this is more. I'm picking UNC here. This is more about me loving the Tar Heels this year. Yeah. Okay. Are you, you you tell me I got a and and you tell me though I got I got a UNC Tar Heel team. Where Drake May hasn't even played that well. I mean, going to last week, he had five touchdowns, four picks, and they're undefeated. You get a UNC defense with Gene Chiswick giving up sub 20 points a game. You get Tess Walker back in the first game, you get Tess Walker back. You blow out Syracuse. Drake May throws for 442, three touchdowns, no picks. So he's rounded the form. The defense is good. And I get it. Miami, I think, is actually ranked higher in a points per game and points allowed per game standpoint. But I. Love this UNC team. They've been continuously covering this year. Their morale, infinitely higher than Miami. They're at home. Give me UNC minus three and a half all day here. So here's my thing about Miami.
1: Do we see the offense that we saw in the first four games? Or do we see the offense that we saw in the Georgia Tech game? Because it feels like they looked at Georgia. Remember, Georgia Tech changed defensive play callers the week of the Miami game. And I do wonder if they kind of turtled up and tried to get really conservative. So, I, I wonder if we see a, a you know a reversion to that offense we saw against Texas A&M and Temple earlier this year. I still don't know if that's good enough to beat North Carolina. Because North Carolina has, like you said, Tez Walker's back. And remember, they did not get the news on Tez Walker till Thursday of last week. He was not really part of the game plan. He'd been playing scout team. Now he's been working with the ones like he's very dynamic i'm gonna take north carolina as well uh not just because cayman rucker who was on the show yesterday one of my favorite guests since we've been doing this show that guy's awesome just enjoy watching him play now he'll he'll have a big job because that miami offensive line is pretty good but if they can get after tyler van dyke they're going to win this game and and it's
0: not going to be coming down to who takes a knee or not I feel like we're talking about a UNC Florida State ACC championship again. It's like a year in a row when we get to the end of this thing.
1: I, I, I think we, we are very close to that. And, and and now UNC did not show up in that Clemson ACC championship game last year. But not. Uh, oh, yeah. The, I said again. Never mind. You're right. It yeah. was Clemson last year. No, it
0: was all. But, but again, that was a much more flawed UNC team yes. than this one appears to be. I,
1: I also think Gene Chizik has just gotten more accustomed because he took a long break.
0: Yeah. He was true. working for the
1: SEC network. Yeah. Football changed so much from a, a day-to-day standpoint and from an X's and O standpoint since he'd been gone even that it probably takes a little while to get, get back in the flow. And it does seem like they are so much better on defense this year. And it's not just that, uh, you know, they brought in players like Amari Bernie, but that I think a lot of it is He's just better at calling it because he's more used to how how the game looks today. So, Is yeah, I mean,
0: that allowed 40 points in the fourth quarter alone exactly. last year to App State. <laughs> like, oh, and now they're that, giving up sub 20 a game. That's and uh, they won. I mean, that's the craziest game I've ever seen in my life. It's, man. Uh,
1: it was one of those that kept moving down the priorities on TVs, and I had to keep <laughs> moving it up yeah, to the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. We've kept T Bob way too long, but of course usc at notre dame yes. i know where this line came out and it hasn't really moved notre dame's a two and a half point favorite when this line came out it was like okay interesting because notre dame just lost to louisville mm-hmm. uh, did not look you know very dynamic against duke ohio state held them to 14 how are they going to outscore usc and I think the answer, T. Bob, might be that this is Vegas telling us that USC hasn't actually played a decent defense yet.
0: No, no, no. I, I, I mean, a thousand percent. No, Andy. I so so okay. So first off, um, I think these are two teams both coming in that have a bit of reason to be exhausted. Uh, Notre Dame more so, right? Notre Dame starts in Ireland. Mm-hmm. They had the game in Raleigh with the giant rain delays. They have to go on the road back to back reeked and koali ranked opponent. Well, excuse me. No, first they have the four-quarter battle yeah. with Ohio State that comes down to last play. Then they go on the road to Duke, comes down to last play. They find a way to win. Then they're on the road again, another ranked opponent, in Louisville. And now they got USC. Notre Dame has reason to be exhausted. But they're going home. Mm-hmm. Now you got a USC that's coming off a super tense triple OT win. Um, anytime you put the the just the the heathen soft Los Angeles boys in the very religious and dreary Midwest. (laughs) I think uh, USC already is going to feel a bit uncomfortable there. But my instinct at first was to just simply trust Caleb Williams because he is the best quarterback in college football and go USC. But then I really started to think about it and really started to think, what happens to Lincoln Riley teams when they run into physical teams? Right. And there is no doubt that Notre Dame is physical. Uh, if it, it feels like when, when USC runs into Utah or something, right. And then the USC defense is so soft that I believe that Sam Hartman and this offense should have success. So like, yes, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country, but I like Notre Dame in almost every other way. So to me, this one feels pretty heavy Notre Dame. And I'm taking the Irish to cover. You, you, you want the weather? Oh yeah. It could be rainy, right? 55
1: high 49 low. Boy. rain all day no way should be tapering off by kickoff but will be wet and that's dreary. the most
0: anti la weather yes. experience that you could possibly imagine did you see the hilarious video of old boy with the uh with the chemical sprayer the bug sprayer just kind of <laughs> piddling waters on the returners exactly exactly this is this is what we this is what we got so but here's will- the problem with that here's the problem with that for those that don't know usc's at practice they're catching punts and a guy yeah. has a freaking orchid bug sprayer out there and he's just like spraying water in the turner's face and they actually fumbled a few of them which i'm like yes yeah. oh, come on but beyond that you're in los angeles the literal mecca for fake rain machines exactly call will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> go to the studio next door. Go get a fake rain machine and return putts. Get anything more effective than just spitting at the player? Like I was, I was shocked that they don't have just some sort of movie making rain machine on call. I mean, you're They're talking not in the, the Big Ten pool. yet, T. Bob. Look, we don't have that George kind of joke. Lucas. Dope. George Lucas. <laughs> Went to USC Film School. Steven Spielberg. You tell me one of them can't give you a rain machine? That that was wild to me. Absolutely wild.
1: <laughs> oh, I I love it. I, I love it. It, it. This is. I am curious to see if Notre Dame's offense looks more dynamic against USC's defense. I suspect that what we've seen is a a factor of Ohio State has a very good defense. Yeah, Duke has an incredible defense and and very well schemed. Louisville, well, I don't know how good Louisville is defensively, but that game was in the worst possible spot for Notre Dame because yeah. you're on the road, you're at night again, you've got USC next week. But this this would be the time. Notre Dame has a little bit of the uh, the Iowa disease of not being able to to have a, a dynamic receiver. But True. if Jaden Greenhouse yeah, if Jaden Great Grayth- right. if Jane Greathouse can play a little more than he did, like he was hurt in the Duke game, yeah, he's he's uh, was back somewhat for Louisville. But you know, if he can play a little bit, I think they're going to be all right. I am also going to take Notre Dame in this one to cover because, yeah, I I think Sam Hartman's going to have himself a day against against that defense. And you're right, I would
0: estimate he's going to have a day too. Yeah,
1: they might just run him. They might just run it because that's that Arizona with that little that toss. The only time they
0: stopped that toss was the last two point conversion. It's so wild that Alex Grinch and this USC defense is that much better. I mean, they brought in talent. They brought in all conference guys. They bring in a guy like Bear Alexander, Lucas, all of them Cobb, and it yep. just just it's has the, not really translated at all. Tell, and that
1: tells you it's schematic.
0: It's not. Yeah, it's not personnel. So. Also, though, you also personnel wise, you cannot have a Mike linebacker that is six 200 pounds. Just no. can't happen. It just no. looks so weird, especially with those giant numbers.
1: <laughs> well, and I re- I realized that linebackers have gotten smaller. I was around Brandon Spikes the other day,
0: uh, who is like the classic middle linebacker. My like, I went to cut him one time, and it felt like I dove into a telephone pole when I hit his thigh. It just slid <laughs> off.
1: He's still huge. Like, how he and Dante Hightower played the same position – that today's middle linebackers play <laughs> mystifies that's, me. So that's a
0: scary MF right there ball.
1: <laughs> exactly. But that is that is what USC is dealing with and we're having we're going to have no faith in their defense until proven otherwise. I don't think we're proven otherwise this weekend. T-Bob, this has been tremendous. I really oh, yeah, appreciate man. it and uh I know you have 4000 shows to do today so we we appreciate you giving us so much time.
0: Hell yeah! No, Andy, always fun, man. Uh, you know you've always been very good to me. Coming on my little local radio shows as well, so uh, I love what y'all are doing on three, and uh, it's super fun. Thanks for having me, man. My we pleasure. think we pretty much agreed on everything, maybe except for what Oregon, Washington. I think that's it,
1: and and that wow. is and that I think is a heart and soul pick for both of us.
0: Great minds think alike, I there suppose, or we'll see. Beautiful. Um. All right, Andy, take it easy, man. You have a great day. By the I way, Soka was it. awesome. It, it, was,
1: it. it was, it was, it was, it was spectacular. So I was in a period of my life when rebels was on, does not watching yeah. much TV. I, I love the clone wars. Rebels didn't really get to watch it. So mm-hmm. now I I understand the love for those characters. Yeah. I didn't know before. So
0: it's really good, man. I loved it. All right, bro. All right. Well, uh, I'll haunt
1: you later. That's it for the show. Thank you to Terry on Arnold. Thank you to T Bob a bear. That was a lot of fun. I am very, very excited. We're in the middle of the, the 49 straight days of football. We got games tonight. We got games tomorrow. We got games Friday. Coach Prime's playing against Stanford on Friday. And then, of course, Saturday, we got it all, especially that Oregon-Washington game in Seattle. We will go deep, deep inside that game on Thursday's show. I cannot wait. to talk to you tomorrow.